Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to be gathered as a group of believers, Lord, and some who are just checking you out today. And God, we know that your Holy Spirit is very strong in the family of St. John, no matter where we are gathered throughout the Metroplex. And God, we know there are those watching around the country as well, relatives and even people around the world. And so, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come into every house, into every heart, into every person, Lord God, and just help take the distractions away, Lord. Any fear, any anxiety, any news, help us to just turn off the news for a while and turn your word on. And God, as you're here, we uh, look forward to opening your word and, and Lord, you speaking to us. And we know, Lord, that you will guide us into beautiful and awesome places. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're with me today and you got your Bibles uh, open, there's going to be two places we're going to be. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 5 and just spend a little bit of time there. And then we're going to spend the majority of our time in John 13, what I just read. And we're going to kind of dissect that and see, you know, what is God speaking to us today? And I love that question of what is God speaking to us today? Because, you know, when God created the world, he knew what today was going to be like. He knew what we would be going through. You know, God never just wakes up one day and like, oh my goodness, that surprised me. That doesn't happen to him. God knows it all. He, he, he knows your thoughts before you think them. It's just amazing the way that God uh, is so constant, faithful, and the way that God uh, has us in his grip in that way. And so it also does not surprise me that uh, today's topic is what today's topic is. To just give you like some background behind the scenes ideas here, we as a staff, we work uh, over six months out on the sermon series that will be coming up. So we we looked at this one six to eight months ago and planned, you know, this month, this day, we're going to have a sermon series called Love is a Verb Too. And then we also planned that on this day, the sermon would focus on love serves, okay? And how appropriate that is. Uh, I tweaked a little bit of it because we write the sermons about a month before. We pray about it, study scripture, come up with the outline so that the whole team with the songs and everything, they can kind of get that going. I looked at it and I thought, wow, how appropriate you are, Lord, uh, that you don't miss a thing. That you know exactly what we need to hear today with all the fear, all the unknown of what's going to happen the day later or, or a week later, even an hour later. We don't know how fragile we are but how strong our rock, the Lord Jesus, is. You know, there's quite a shortage out there of toilet paper. And I, and I thought it was interesting, why toilet paper? It's like people are just, they're going nuts over this. But it got me to think that you can learn a lot about those that you may be quarantined with when it comes to toilet paper. Here's how it works. There's going to be that one person in your house that is like the, the toilet paper regulator. You, you might know what I'm talking about. They're the ones that are going to be real nervous about this. They're going to, be, they're, they're going to know exactly how many. And, and they'll, they'll be looking at you, and they may never say anything, but they'll look at you and be like, huh, the roll was this much thicker when you left. Or this much less, Right? And if you don't know who that is, maybe it's you. But if you don't, maybe it's next time you guys sit down to eat, you just ask everybody that's, that's in the house, how many rolls of toilet paper do we have left? And that one person will go, 96! They'll know exactly because they're counting it. 
And what that leads to is it could lead to a little bit of resentment, uh, you know, lighthearted here, but really uh, there's a lot of things that can just get under your skin when we're all together all the time. It could lead to some resentments. I'm like, I wish that person would just leave me alone. Or they could have resentments that are unspoken against you. Like, oh my goodness, how do I be kind to this person? They're using all the toilet paper. I know it sounds silly, but people are getting silly these days. You can put any other topic in there you'd like. Well, it leads me to the first question to kind of get us thinking. If you, if you can see your outline on there or downloaded, here's the question. How in the world do I do blank for him or her when I really can't stand them this moment? How do I serve them in love? How do I be kind to them? How am I patient? How do I basically love them when it's so hard? And like I said, God totally had this message written for us today. Because no matter how much you love somebody, living with them all the time, there might be just a few things that they do or maybe you do that makes it hard to love them and therefore hard to serve them in love. So Jesus, Jesus challenges us to serve those who deserve it the least but need it the most. And notice that, that word, I'd probably put that in parentheses, those who deserve it the least but need it the most. Because the deserve part, if you think about it, none of us really deserve all the grace and the love that God pours on us, right? There's so many things that we mess up and, and, and I know we sometimes can hold that against ourselves. We'll look in the mirror in the morning or we'll put our heads on the pillow at night and think, ah, I messed that up, right? But God is so good to us. He continues to love us. He continues to serve us by all the different things that he provides for us, such as the doctors, nurses, technology, medicines that we're gonna find a, 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 you know, a cure for, you name it. I mean, God just serves us in love uh, beyond anything that we can ever imagine and beyond anything we ever deserve. And so we wrestle with the question that Jesus puts out there. He pushes us, he challenges us to serve those who deserve it the least but need it the most. And where do we get this? In Matthew and John, we're going to look in Matthew first, because if, if you've been with this or if you haven't, uh, it, in this love does, love is a verb series, we're looking at the, the book of Matthew specifically where Jesus has his teachings called the Sermon on the Mount. It's a dozen or so different topics that he teaches upon. It's like, hey, if you are a follower of me, this is what I encourage you to do. Life is going to be better that way. And today we're going to look at just a few verses in Matthew chapter 5 and launch from there. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, it starts, it says this, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Now we could spend over an hour just digging into all the nuances and what this text means. But in general, looking at it when he's like, you know, uh, don't retaliate. What he is getting at is this, is what's inside of you and how you respond. When people push your buttons... When people make you want to retaliate, however that is, Jesus says the turn the other cheek idea. It's not the idea that you let people walk all over you, but what it does is it says, how can I love this person back? How can I see what they're doing, yet not allow it to control my response, right? Instead of, instead of jumping up and doing whatever they have 
done to you, you can back up and say, okay, Lord, let me respond well in this. Let me lovingly serve. And you're probably thinking, well, okay, how did Jesus do this? He's going to show us how this is possible in John 13. John 13, verse 2, says this. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. So how is this helpful to us when we're talking about love serves? Okay, so we know the context here is Jesus is about ready to wash their feet, serve them in an amazing way. And look what John does. He specifically, in the few verses he has here, he specifically lets us know that the meal was in progress and the devil had prompted who? Judas. Judas to betray Jesus. Now notice earlier in, in the scripture, so you get a context here, Jesus had told his disciples to go find a room, find this special room that, that I'm going to guide you to. We're going to have our last supper here. It's what we know is actually the first uh, communion, if you will. They're doing Passover. This is called communion, okay? A lot of great stuff happening here. And before this, he decides to, to do one of the most amazing things and wash the feet of his followers. A very humble, humble act, right? And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But notice who is highlighted here. Judas is there. So he most likely washed Judas's feet. And this is a man that was very, very, very hard to love. Think about it. In other parts of scripture, we learn that he was their treasurer. He kept the money purse and, and they knew he was, he was dipping in it. He would take some money for himself that was there to help those who were in need and to support the ministry. He was stealing from Jesus and the ministry. And he's probably a guy that didn't say much because he's trying to calculate his next move. Yet, Jesus also knew that he was saying too much to the, to the authorities because he had agreed just before this to, for 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus. One of the biggest betrayals in history, if not the biggest, to send Jesus to the cross. I got to tell you, if you're here today feeling like, oh my goodness, I don't know if God can love me and serve me in love because of what I've done. And you fill in the blank. Look what, what Jesus did here with Judas. He still was able to include him and love him and serve him. But he does more than that. Jesus served by showing the full extent of his love. He served by showing the full extent. Not just, well, I love you, but let me show you how fully I love you. And here's where it starts. We're going to go back to verse 1. And verse 1 says this. It was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come to him to live, for him to leave the world and to go to the Father. And having loved his own who were with him in the world, he loved them to the end. And what did he do? How did he love them to the end? Listen to what it says in verses 4 through 5. It says, He got up, from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash, began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So some of us would say, well, that's pretty cool. He's washing his feet, and you might be thinking, okay, Pastor, how in the world could you use this text? Because we're supposed to stay six feet away from everybody. I'm not washing anybody's feet right now. And even if we were able to like get hugging distance close, I'm not washing their feet. 
In fact, some of you online are probably like browsing away or looking away from the browser and looking down at those next to you. You're like, those are some nasty socks. Someone needs to cover them dogs. Get some socks on. That's nasty, right? But Jesus washed. Let me tell you something. Anybody you're sitting with right now, their feet is 10 times cleaner than the feet Jesus touched. Let me give you some background to show the full extent of his love. Back then, back then, some of your main areas had some cobblestone roads, right? Some, some stones down there, but most of them, mud, clay, and dirt. And you know what that was mixed with? Well, they had a great transportation system, if you will. It was called donkeys. Maybe some horses, camels, things like that. And you know what? They didn't have on their roads like a people lane and a donkey lane. They just had a lane. Do you know what I'm getting at? And that means with your open-toed, non-Nike, non-Adidas shoes, and it may be a little wet or dusty, you name it, you're getting, yeah, some dirt, which that's the best you could hope for in your toes and under your toenails. But you're also getting some... Um, some recycled food from the animals. Can you imagine how nasty this is? You get to somebody's house and you're going to have a supper there. And some of you have a good smeller. And I'm telling you, unless your, your nose was stuffed up from allergies, I bet it was putrid until somebody washed their feet. And you know who's supposed to wash the feet? The lowest of low, the servants, the lowest servant of the lowest servants in that house. Never Never would a rabbi or a teacher. I mean, they're above that. And here is Jesus saying, I want to show you the full extent of my love. And I want to wash your feet. But it's important to go beyond just the washing. And here's why. Because love serves by realizing what Jesus has done for us. We got to realize this here. Jesus is not just washing feet. Look what verses six to seven says here. It says, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Okay. And what he's talking about is this. It's not about washing feet, but it's about washing your insides. Uh, this this story is so rich with the with the remembrance of the idea, the reality of what baptism is all about, for instance. You want to talk about the love of Jesus pouring out on you and him serving you? That happens at your baptism. If you have not been baptized, I want you to listen to this. If you have been baptized, I want you to listen to this because this is one of the greatest places that you can meet God in your life is at baptism. Because we know that from parts of Scripture that when we are baptized, when just that normal water is applied onto somebody, and, and in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you're baptized, that there's a lot that happens to you right there and that continues to happen to you the rest of your life until you see Jesus. Not only is faith put inside of you, like God generates faith there and, and grows that, but he, he also increases that throughout your life and, and reminds you that you are mine. No matter how dirty you are, inside or out, I have gone to the cross for you. I serve you out of love. And I think sometimes we might just become numb to that. We're like, oh, okay, I've heard of baptism, you name it. But if you hear that again for the first time and just let that sink in, the full extent of Jesus' love, it's not that he washed your feet, but he washed your heart. 
wash your mind. He washes your soul. I always joke about uh, remembering your baptism on a daily basis that you need to take a shower instead of a bath. Because that'll remind you, when you're in a bath, you're soaking in your own dirt, soaking in your sins. If you're in a shower, it's going to remind you that Jesus washes you clean. Okay, I'm on a tangent. I'm going to get back to the, to the text here. All right, so love. Love also serves by showing mercy and grace. And why do we have these two words? There are a couple words that we don't use that often in our regular world, but, but let me just share with you the biblical meaning of these, okay? You can serve others once you realize what Jesus has done for you. And you have that freedom and you're like, you know what? Uh, God has so set me free because he's given me mercy and grace. And here's what mercy is. Mercy is not getting what you deserve when you act it up. Mercy is not getting what you deserve and grace is getting what you don't deserve. I'm going to say that again. Mercy is not getting what you deserve and grace is getting what you don't deserve. How can you love other people like that? It's so hard. And generating on our own, we can't do it. But with Jesus, when you start to realize that, you will start to see that he is going to help you to show mercy and grace to others. Look at verse 10 and 11. He says this, Jesus answered, those who have a bath, and they only need to wash their feet. Their whole body's clean. And you are clean, he said, not every one of you, for he knew that uh, he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not every one of you are clean. But he realized that once he washes you, you'll have a part of him and you'll be clean. Let's look at the, uh, the, the, the second to last point here. Love serves out of humility and not pride. Love serves out of humility and not pride. Verse 16 and 17 says this. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So Jesus is, is sharing with us the idea that if you are able to be humble about loving others, if you have humility, that means thinking of yourself less, not thinking of just you, and you're able to serve the way he did, you don't have to wash people's feet, but how can I lovingly serve that person with me? He has a promise here. He says, you will be blessed. You see that in the text? You will be blessed. So here's the question. Who is that that God's putting on your heart, that quote-unquote undeserving one in your world whom you can serve? You know, God has given us a whole new context these days because your, your influence up front with people is limited. And God may be calling you to, first of all, serve those in your household differently. Look at him with the lens of Jesus. How can I serve them with love regardless of what they're doing? I know I can serve them with love. But here's another amazing opportunity we're getting. And I've seen the ministry totally uh, just morph this week from the staff, the elders, the board at St. John. How we love on others is digitally, on the phone, text, you name it. It's really different. But I got to tell you, I'm experiencing, and I think those who are being loved, they're experiencing a different type of connection, and it's good. Because we have that time to just make them our priority. It's not like all these other people around. You can, you can talk and say, okay, you know, what's on your heart? How can I help you? You can reach out with that text. And God may have somebody on your heart in that way. Maybe it's a brother or sister you haven't talked to in seven to ten years. 
or mom and dad, they weren't the best mom and dad, but this might be an opportunity God is using to say, you know what? I'm going to call my mom. I'm going to call my dad. How are you doing? Are you okay? Is there anything I can send to you from Amazon? How can, how can I love on you and lovingly serve you? If you want to be a part of that here at St. John, as we kind of do ministry a different way, I told you about the website. I'm going to take you back there again. Our website uh, has very simple and easy ways for you to, to find what you need to connect with Jesus, connect with others, love others, and change the world. You go to the front page. You'll have opportunities if you want to get connected by, uh, first of all, being served. Let's say you have a need and you're like, hey, I need help. You can click on that. Or if you're on the other side and you say, you know what? I have time. I have space. I want to help others. Click on that and we'll get back with you. The emails go to me and different staff members and we'll get back to you and, and we can help connect you to help or be helped. And there's another place on there where you can actually be prayed for. We have a, a team of our prayer warriors that are normally up here. They are ready uh, on the phone to pray with you over the phone. A lot of different opportunities to connect with us there on our, on our uh, St. John page. So I encourage you this week, if you find that person, you're like, man, they are rubbing me wrong. First of all, remember, if you spot it, you got it. You're probably doing the same thing. And remember, you know what? I cannot do this on my own, but Jesus, his example and his continued love, and as I receive it, will help me to love people by serving them. Amen.